Dara, have you finished brushing your teeth? Finished. Ready for your story? Yep. So, where are we connecting today? Tonight's story is going to be from ancient America, from the Native American peoples who lived there long, long before Europeans came. Like cowboys and Indians. Right. But before the cowboys. Before sailors got lost and mixed up America with India. Is that why they're called Indians? Because the sailors were lost? Like, if somebody got your name wrong and called you Frank instead of Dara. But then, instead of correcting themselves, they just kept calling you Frank for 400 years. Whoa, that's rude. So, why are you supposed to call them then? Well... Just like you or I are Irish and not just European, Native American people come from lots of different nations too. Iroquois and Cherokee and Lakota and Apache and hundreds more, all with different ways of life and different stories to tell. But I thought everybody tells the same stories. I mean, we had an Indian story about a crocodile that was nearly the same as the horse demon in the Irish story. And we had a Japanese story about a crane who turned into a wife, just like the Irish story, Seal Wife. So, aren't all these stories the same everywhere? Not all of them. In fact, today's story is about crows and how differently we can see them. Ancient Irish people thought the crow was a sinister goddess of war and prophet of doom. But the raven is a trickster who brings light in ancient America. And in today's story, Rainbow Crow... The crow is the hero. Oh, so this week the connection is... The power of the crow for light or darkness. And it's an Alaskan story, right? You promised it would be Alaska this time with maybe a polar bear and a walrus? Actually, this is a story told all over ancient America in different forms. It was told that the raven brought fire to man. And now, here's your Alaskan connection. The Tlingit people of Alaska tell a story where Raven frees the sun, moon and stars from an old chief's boxes. Wait, is that the whole Alaskan connection? You promised me a walrus! I never promised you a walrus. This story is about the crow, a traditional story of America. The great Cherokee tell that the raven used to be snow white, but his feathers were burned black when he tried to get the first fire from a hollow sycamore. On the wild prairies in the heart of America, they tell that it was hunters who threw a snow-white crow into the fire as punishment for warning the buffalo of their coming. Hang on. After all that build-up, we're not even telling the Alaskan story? This is a swindle! All I promised you was a connection to Alaska. You got your connection. The Clinket Raven story. Swindle! All the stories are connected, you know. The Wurundjeri people of ancient Australia tell how Crow stole a live coal from the star women of the Pleiades, burning his feathers black in an accidental bushfire. Whoa, a thread connecting ancient Australia and ancient America? How is that possible? By the power of the imagination, of course. So... How do we connect the crow to the ancient Irish? The Irish thought that the shrieking crows who followed warriors and waited for battles were a war goddess called Bauv. Bauv could change her form just like the raven in Native American tales. And she too was full of tricks, sowing confusion among the warriors in a battle. But the Irish thought she was a dark and sinister omen of doom. Not a creative bringer of light.
Ooh, doom. So is this going to be a scary story? Later, when the people didn't believe in the goddess Balvani more, they still believed in the Banshee. Oh yeah, I know about Banshees. They're spooky ghost women who scream and shriek and wail when someone's going to die, right? It's called keening. In old Ireland, keening women could make a good living by showing up and shrieking at funerals. That's all they had to do? Just show up and shriek? Yep. Shrieking at funerals was a highly valued skill in traditional Ireland. But I bet you didn't know the connection between the banshee and the crow. In parts of the country, the banshee was supposed to be able to take the form of a crow or raven. Because ravens and crows are the smartest of all birds. They followed warriors around before battles, hoping to feast on the dead. This is why it was believed that crows see the future and predict death, just like the banshee. If I saw a bunch of lads running around with spears and shields, I'd be able to predict the battle as well. Well, it's still smart for a bird. They do have brains the size of walnuts, after all. Ravens and crows can also use tools and even recognise people they don't like. That's why the Irish said that people with uncanny insight had the wisdom of ravens. So it is like the Native Americans after all. Their crow is so smart that he brings fire to the world, and ours is so smart that he can see the future. And they both do shape-shifting. Right. Today's story is from the ancient Lenape people, who used to live where New York City stands today. When they were pushed off the lands by Europeans... The invaders used the excuse that Indians were savages, not worth respecting. So, the Lenape started to wonder, Hmm. is the crow really a greedy trickster like the stories say, or a hero whose heart is misunderstood? That is when the story of Rainbow Crow was born. Story time! Close your eyes and imagine the sunlight falling through the rustling forests of East Coast America. The leaves in fall, glowing brighter red than any Irish forest. Come to the cottage of Nora Pierce, our Lenape storyteller and hear her voice. This is a story about the coming of the first winter of the spark of the first fire that brought heat and light to the freezing night, and of the crow that carried the flame from heaven. Hang on, you're not Lenape, are you? There are many people in America called Nora Pierce. Some of them are indeed Lenape. Others are just random Americans. Maybe you got mixed up. Aw, I wasn't a real Lenape. Rainbow Crow is not my story, but it is a story of my country, And I would be happy to tell it to you, Dara. Let Nora tell the story, Dara, as she's here. Oh, all right then. Very well. I begin. The crow's croaking may not charm the ear, or his plain feathers catch the eye. But listen closely and you shall hear why he is the most loved of birds. In the days before winter, the forest was full of beautiful birds and glorious singers. Bob-white quail and pheasant the robin, the red-eyed vireo, the barn swallow, and the blue jay twittering, warbling, shrieking, and squawking from the branches of every beech and birch. Yet, of all the birds in the forest, none could rival Manakahas, the rainbow crow. When he opened his beak, all agreed that in all the world there was no singer and no beauty to match the rainbow crow. 
His long, curling tail and sweeping wings glowed in the sun like gemstones. Sapphire blue, emerald green, ruby red, yellow amber and purple amethyst. When he flew, animals gasped and swore. He painted the rainbows with his tail. This doesn't sound much like a crow to me. Are you sure he's not a parrot? The animals noticed their forest was changing. First, the green leaves turned red and gold. Then, one by one, they dropped from the trees and drifted through the woodlands. Weather grew colder as the spirit of rock and snow tightened his grip on the world. The waters of the rivers and streams froze. Waterfalls became glittering stalactites. Sharp frost cut the animals' paws. The world's first winter settled over Turtle Island. That's what some native people called America. Instead of splitting it into Canada and the United States and Mexico, they say it's all just Turtle Island because in their creation story, animals built their land by piling dirt on the back of a giant turtle. Hey, are you telling this story or am I? Sorry, I think you might have annoyed her a bit earlier. Sorry, Nora. You're not a bad storyteller, even if you're not Lenape. Honest. Well, thank you. Where were we? It was the first ever winter. So it was. The mighty bear gave up when he saw the coming of winter, turned his back on the forest, and dug a hole to sleep in until the woods should bloom again. But Manakahas, the rainbow crow, perched on the highest branch, glowing sapphire blue, emerald green, ruby red, amber yellow, and amethyst purple to cheer the eyes of the animals and bring color back to the world. He sang his swooping song to warm their hearts. For strength is not the only bravery. So is singing in the bitter frost and keeping spirits high on a day of trouble. Great songs have been written in times of war, like Give Peace a Chance. If there hadn't been a war, nobody would have needed to sing about giving peace a chance. The first winter was hard. Snowstorms lasted for days. First, the blanket of snow buried the mouse, and the other animals had to dig him up and carry him. Then the hare was buried up to the tips of his long ears, and the animals knew it was time to call a meeting. They gathered at the blasted oak to hear the wise owl's advice. <clears throat> the animals gathered around the oak where the wise owl was perched. When all eyes were on him and every tongue was still, the owl cleared his throat and spoke. Brothers, Brothers and, and sisters, sisters, I have, I have called, called you here because, because times are dark. The berries and leaves are gone from the trees. The fire of the sun grows dim and the heat is gone out of our world. Only the power of our great creator can save us now from the cold and the snow and the hunger. Who among us will bear a message to the creator and plead for an end to this winter? The animals stared blankly. A shiver ran through them, for the creator lived high in the twelfth heaven, above the sun and the moon and the stars themselves, up the shimmering path of the Milky Way, and none could reach him to ask why the world was as it was, or the rain falls as it does. But who could carry the message? It could not be Owl, 
for owls are blinded by daylight. It cannot be turtle, bearer of the land, for turtles are too slow. They thought of the clever coyote, but coyote was known all over Turtle Island as a greedy trickster who could not be trusted. All this time, the snow was falling, and it would soon be high enough to bury the raccoon. Something had to be done. In the sweetest voice, the rainbow crow's song rose above the babbling beasts, singing bravely against the dark and cold and confusion. One by one, the other animals fell still. Rainbow Crow would go. The strongest of all animals, the bear, had hidden away and gone to sleep. The most cunning animal, the coyote, could not be trusted. But the animal who sang in the darkest night, he would fly all the way to the twelfth heaven through the endless emptiness of space and ask the creator for fire to warm the winter. The animals bowed to Rainbow Crow, and it was decided. The beaver's tail slapped a drumbeat onto a hollow log. The wolf howled a harmony. The birds joined the chorus, and the animals burst into song. Fly, fly, fly to the sky. Fly high, fly high, Rainbow Crow fly. So the crow was trusted with a life or death mission to save all the animals in the entire world from winter? That's pretty cool. I think the Native Americans have you beaten, Mum. What if I told you that our Irish crow mother stirs the mighty cauldron of life, death and rebirth for every creature on the planet? Is that true? That's what the stories say. Goddess Bauv stirs the boiling cauldron of life in the other world. When her crows ate warriors killed in battles, it was believed that they carried the spirits of those warriors in their bellies to the other world. There, the spirit of the warriors could choose to live in the other world or be reborn into our own world by crawling into the boiling cauldron of Bauv. Bauv would gaze into the bubbling waters and spot a woman or animal giving birth, then send the spirit of the warrior into a new life. Like reincarnation? Like they have in India? That's right. The ancient Celts used to believe in reincarnation, another thread connecting us with India. Except, for us, it was the great crow goddess Bauv who had the power of life, death and rebirth, which is why the old Irish word Bauv means both crow and one who boils, because the crow is the keeper of the boiling cauldron of life, death and rebirth. See? Really? Crow means keeper of the boiling cauldron of life and death in ancient Irish? Okay, that is pretty cool. Gonna have to beat that, Nora. I don't have to be here, you know. Don't mind him. Dara's just joking. The Haida people who live on the islands of Haida Gwaii, far, far out, off the northwest coast of Canada, tell a story that Raven created the first men and women by pulling them out of seashells, which means Raven created all of human life, like your crow of rebirth. Haida? Like your man in Free Willy? Exactly. Now... Can I get back to the Lenape story about the crow bringing the fire from the heavens? Yes, right, sorry. Where were we? The animals had just picked the beautiful Rainbow Crow to fly to the creator and get the fire. Rainbow Crow threw himself into the sky, into howling winds and empty sky. The cold silver light of Nipahuma, Grandmother Moon, spread over the swirling sea of cloud beneath 
and the stars twinkled an endless night. Turtle Island shrank smaller and smaller behind him. Rainbow Crow flew on, his heart a beating drum and his head filled with song. Fly, fly, fly to the sky. Carry the hopes of all living things. Carry them high. Thirsty and hungry and freezing, he flew for days up the shimmering path of the Milky Way until at last he reached the twelfth heaven where the Creator dwelled and where the world was dreamed. The crow forced his dry throat to sing. It seemed to him that he heard the voice of the Creator speaking in his own thoughts. Thank you for your song. You may ask for a gift in return, and if it may be, I will grant it. The beautiful and brave Rainbow Crow closed his eyes and wished for an end to winter. But the answer was all around him. All things have their season and their cycle. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Wind, fire, water, and rock. I cannot stop the flow of seasons. When the time is right, the forest will bloom. The circle will be completed. So he flew all that way for nothing? It seems so. The crow, freezing and exhausted, fell into despair. He asked the heavens whether there was no gift he could bring to help his friends in the cold and dark. In one blink, floating in front of him, Rainbow Crow saw that the Creator had dreamed a branch, burning with the fires of suns and stars, melting the frost from the frozen bird. He knew better than to ask for a second gift. He gripped the branch in his beak and turned, flying home as fast as his tired wings could beat. At first, this new branch was a friend that warmed his heart, but the fire burned on, creeping up the branch. Sparks fell onto Rainbow Crow's tail feathers, burning the long, colorful feathers. Sweat ran into his eyes and stung like tears. He pushed his aching wings to fly faster. The fire on the crow's tail burned hotter. He breathed smoke from the burning branch and it made him cough. Still, he would not drop it, for he carried the hope of all living things. He carried the branch even though he was on fire? Didn't that hurt him? Of course, but it was the only gift he had been given for the animals freezing in the winter, and he was carrying all their hopes. Three days later, the evening sky over the forest was lit by a falling star. It was red and orange, and it trailed a tail of smoke like a comet. Only by looking closely could you see the shape of a bird flapping in the blaze. The crow plunged to the ground, pushed its burning branch into a dead tree to set it on fire, then dove into the cool snow to roll the fire out of his own feathers. All the animals of the forest gathered to marvel at the red and orange of the burning tree. They danced around its blaze and lit dry branches to melt the snow. Nuts crackled and snapped as they were roasted for the first time. Snow hissed as it melted. All night there were songs and dances and feasting. 
But few creatures notice the shabby black bird crouched in the shadow of the linden tree, and none recognized in him the glorious rainbow crow, savior of the forest. Didn't he tell them who he was? He was ashamed. His beautiful rainbow feathers had been burned until they were blackened and sooty. His long, curling tail feathers were burned to a little stump. His beautiful singing voice had been choked from breathing smoke until it was only a croak. He was now the croaking crow that we pay no attention to, the most ordinary of birds. He didn't want any of the animals to look on him with pity, remembering what he used to be. So he never told them that he was Rainbow Crow, the mighty savior of the forest and bringer of fire. So, the people and animals of the forest forgot his sacrifice, and they began to tell stories of the crow's greed and trickiness. The same with the Irish. They forgot that Bauve was the keeper of the cauldron of life and rebirth in the old religion, and they forgot that Bauve had helped them win the great battle of Moitura against the Four Morians. Who are the Four Morians? The baddies. Ah. And at the end of the battle, the crow goddess Bauve gave a great prophecy of peace. Peace up to heaven, heaven down to earth, Earth beneath heaven, strength in each, a cup very full, full of honey, mead in abundance, summer in winter, peace up to heaven. But all that people remembered were the bad things she had prophesied. So they thought the crow was a bird of bad omen. Finally, nothing remained in the people's memory but a wailing banshee on a lonely road foreseeing nothing but death. One of the founding fathers of the United States of America, Benjamin Franklin, learned federal democracy from the Iroquois people. That gift, too, was forgotten for a long time. But if you want to know the truth about the crow's gift, find a crow's feather on the ground and hold it up to the light. Look deep into it, and you will see the rainbow is still there. The beauty that takes a second look to see. The hidden power. And with that, the story of the Americas is done. La Pitch Knewel. What does that mean? It means goodbye in Lenape. La Pitch Knewel. La Pitch Knewel, Nora. La Pitch Knewel. So, how are we getting on with the Nancy's web then, Mum? Well, you didn't even ask to see your phone once. I meant how are we getting on with the ancient World Wide Web connecting the imaginations of all the people of the world. Well, we had a story of a crocodile and a monkey that is told all over Asia, from India to China to Arabia and even down to East Africa. And we had a story from the islands of Japan on the farthest edge of the east. And you heard Nora. The crow stories are told all over America, even in Alaska. So that's it, right? We've connected the world. Next time we get to hear the story of Nancy the Spider God's stories. You know, the Lakota people of the American West even tell of an immortal shape-shifting spider called Iktomi, who is a trickster, just like a Nancy. Another threat between America and Africa? But that's a whole ocean away. 
How did the ancient American people know about ancient African spider stories? They didn't. But maybe they saw the spiders tricking flies with their web and had the same idea for a spider trickster. Like a Nancy. Spinner of stories. West African weaver of tales. Because all our imaginations are connected in... I know, I know. The World Wide Web of the Imagination. So, next time it's a Nancy, right? Not just yet. Aren't we forgetting somewhere? Where? We started here in Europe, and we connected Asia and America. But only North America. South America. The Amazon rainforest. The biggest forest in all the world, and all the colourful creatures that live in it. The jaguar and the spider monkey and the bright butterflies. (laughs) Is there going to be a jaguar in the story, though? Of course. Because last time you promised me a polar bear, and there wasn't one. I promised nothing. I only said we'd connect to Alaska. But this time there's a jaguar? Guaranteed. All right, then, next time. For sure, next time. Good night, Dara. Aw, but Mom, I'm not sleepy yet. Maybe if you told me the story of Icky something. Ictomi, the Lakota spider trickster. Yeah, you could tell me that story. I could tell you lots of stories. But then we'd be here for a thousand and one nights. And maybe we could look for crow feathers tomorrow and see if they really have rainbows in them when you hold them up to the light. Maybe we could. Tomorrow. Try giving a big yawn. Like this. Now, try lying back while I turn the lights off. Think of all the stories you might see in your dream. I'll try. Night, Mom. Night, darling. Anansi's Web was written by Bridget McCone and directed by Hugh Hick. It featured Nicole Rourke as Kleena and Alex Kelly as Dara. This episode's guest storyteller Nora was played by Rachel Charney. Additional music was composed by Justin McCann and the series was produced by Heather McLeod. Anansi's Web is a Hugh Hick, Heather McLeod production for RTE, funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.